2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more. Sarp. Robot. That's a terrible robot, boys. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I have aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys. Get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor.
1: Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man.
2: On 1080, The Fan. 10.04, Sunday morning, hour two of Sports Sunday. 55305 is the fan text line. Thanks for listening. Uh, First hour, we talked about Tom Brady for 30 minutes. We talked about the Tony Romo contract with CBS, as well as Naked and Afraid. So if you missed any of that, you can uh, listen back on the Les Schwab Tire Podcast after the show. Hater it's coming up at ten thirty, but I would like to begin this hour with uh, Justin Herbert, Justin a Bear, and the NFL Combine. He now, to be clear, I think all of us out here and uh, those of us who know him and have watched him, and if you're a Duck fan or if you're even just a fan of football and watched him play, you knew that he would just dominate the Combine, right? He's tall, throws the ball far, has a tight spiral. He's fast. He interviews well. He's a nice guy. He's got a quarterback face. Mm, sort of. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that.
1: Yeah, he's got a quarter cut. He cuts his hair, and he's got a quarterback face. Absolutely.
2: Maybe I don't know. I don't strong, know if I, you know what j- strong jaw. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think he has a quarterback face. He has like a teenage face. He looks really young. Um, but he did go out and do just that. He, he ran a 46940, which was uh, very good for his size and what people expected. Uh scouts were raving about his accuracy on the throws. The I was watching some of the quarterback drills when he was taking part a couple of days ago. Jacob Easton was overthrowing guys, you know, you know, Jake From missed a guy here and there. There was just there was misses, right? And then Justin Herbert was perfect pass. Perfect pass, perfect pass. And Tua and Joe Burrow did not throw. Tua obviously still recovering from the injury, and Joe Burrow just saying, Yeah, I don't need to throw him the number one pick. So Herbert was the best quarterback out there, I thought. And again, it was to be expected, but when you see it and when you see all the scouts come out on Twitter and you see them all raving about Herbert and how much help he did for himself and yada, 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 it just continues to push the narrative that, in my opinion, he's going to go higher in the draft than we thought. Right? I was thinking, oh, maybe around 10, 11, there's a couple of teams down there. But if you look at the draft order, I mean, he could go five or four if a team trades up because you know Burrow's going to go one to the Bengals. Um, You know the Redskins are likely not taking a quarterback, but someone could trade up to that spot, but they probably want to take Chase Young, the Redskins do. The Lions could take a quarterback, right? Stafford's getting older, hasn't been super great. Uh, Giants don't want one, and then the Dolphins need one at five. Chargers need one at six. Panthers need one at seven. Jags might need one at nine. There could be so much movement that Herbert could go like third or fourth, right? It could be uh, Burrow to a Herbert in the top five. So his combine is certainly going to help his draft capital, from what we were expecting before the before the combine happened. Yeah, I don't think anybody is
1: super surprised. I and mean, you, you mentioned all the things uh, at the beginning of your statement. Man, he's tall. He's fast. He throws a tight spiral. Like he is. He's been projected the number one pick or the one of the top quarterbacks taken for like the past two or three years, right? So he could have came out last year, and instead he decided to stay for his senior year. And if he came out last year, there is real conversation that he may have been the number one pick in the draft. You know, so nobody's super surprised that he came to the combine and performed this well. I mean, if you've seen, I think there are some people that looked at the Ducks and looked at how, um, I guess, conservative they were, and they put a lot of that on Herbert. And, oh, he's not that good. I think he's overrated. And it's like, no, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. Like, everybody wanted to see him take off like Mariota or him take off like, you know, insert great Oregon quarterback here. You know, any one of those guys. But the fact is that wasn't what the offense called for, and there were times that they had to unleash him to do his thing, but for the most part, they needed him to stay in the pocket so he didn't get hurt. The last thing you could do is put your quarterback out there and him get hurt again, And you know, somebody who already suffered through injury. So a lot of people kind of thought, especially here in the Northwest, that he was overrated. And then he goes out there in the combine and – He runs and he does all the stuff, and he's he looks amazing when he does it. Like this is the time where now, it's in everybody's mind. Well, should we really take Tua second? He's coming off the injury and doing this. And I think there's still a lot of people that like Tua and think he should be the guy. And I think everybody is sold on Joe Burrow, and so he's right. Despite his little baby hands, yeah, you know, despite his small hands, he's got these tiny hands, but no one no one cares. You know, if you can throw the ball, I think some people might care. I think the football is the same size in the NFL than it is in college. Yeah, so that no, it's bigger.
0: Is it by how much? It's bigger. It's quite a bit bigger, actually. Yeah. By how much? You, um, you've never seen a, a, an NFL football. Well, I mean, I mean, I've seen a college, I've seen a
1: college football, and NFL, like I don't see a huge difference. No, in them, I like, have not seen. Not like a rugby week. ball yeah, no, or no, there, anything it, like
0: it's, that. It's significant enough to where hand size is, is an issue. I think that was. Uh, it's always. It it tends to lead to a lot of fumbles.
2: Mm.
0: It, you can't you can't grip the ball mm. the way you need to to secure it. If I in, see. So it 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 tends to. It, to be a bad thing for turnovers in that respect.
2: So he has tiny little baby hands that might make him fumble the ball Yeah, he's got a
0: little he's got little number 40. Uh, I wonder know how much bigger the ball is baby than his hands.
2: Well, it's the the actual number probably isn't that significant, but in yeah. terms of like how but, it feels it probably is. But you know,
1: he's going to have a pro day and one likely his pro day is going to be great well, it's a pro in day. everything. So uh so of course he's going to probably still be the top pick, but you put it into a lot of people's heads now that well we'll well, hey, wait a minute! You know this Herbert kid, he he has every measurable, like everything that you look at from a quarterback and say he should be this tall, he should have this arm, he should be this fast, should be able to lift this much weight. He, che- he checks every single box. Whomever gets Justin Herbert uh, is getting themselves a hell of a quarterback, and I just pray that whomever gets him has a good coach and system around him to make sure that kid doesn't get ruined. That's then, the that's the
2: one thing I really hope for. That's going to be vitally important, and I think the biggest problem with his combine going so well is he's going to go a team that still has a lot of growing to do. I was hoping for his sake, he would fall into the tens and, or the, the low, the low ones and go to a team like, I don't know, Carolina, right. Go with the new head coach. And maybe you sit behind Cam Newton for a year and you learn, and then you do the Patrick Mahomes model and you come in and you take over or, you know, I don't think anybody should go to the chargers because that team, that franchise is a disaster, but I don't know. I mean, maybe you go to the Colts at 13 or the bucks at 14. Like we've talked about, those are two teams that, that could, you could sit for a year or two and learn and be better and, and kind of get yourself ready to that kind of style of play. And, you know, quarterbacks can get hurt and you can come in and, and take over and do some, do some time there, get a couple of starts under your belt. That feels like a better situation for Herbert than going to the dolphins at five (laughs) and just being like on a team that has a ton of draft picks and has a chance to really get good quick But it's the Dolphins. It's a double-edged sword,
1: you know, because on the one end you want to go high in the draft because I think that shows what other teams and GMs and owners feel like you're worth, right? You want to feel like you're worth, or you want to feel also like you're one of the top 10 guys in football, not just at your position. You get paid more, too. Exactly. You want to get paid more. There's so many things that go into being one of the top 10, top 15 picks in the draft. The cold part about that is you're probably not going to do a lot of winning. If you go within the top 10, top 12, 13 of the draft in most cases, you know, just because you're going to a team that clearly needs help, right? If you're going to the dolphins, the dolphins clearly need a lot of help other than quarterback, you know, so that's, that's the risk you run, but let's say you're Aaron Rodgers, Let's say you're Lamar Jackson, you fall to deeper in the draft. And what do you know? You get picked up by a team that's already set up to do great things, already set up for you to come in and perform you know i think lamar jackson not being a top 10 top to 15 pick and falling to baltimore with a great defense and a good offensive line and some good weapons I are mean, that was the best thing that could have happened for him there's no there's no real growing pains for him he's over that point now he just has to make sure he can maintain this level of success with the guys that he has like if can you imagine somebody's passing on justin herbert and he lands you know at, at for to the colts already have some pretty good players around Great offensive him. line great offensive defense. line man you Could you imagine what that could do playing in a dome? Could you imagine what that could do for somebody like that? Like, you know, so you hope and pray for situations like that. So, yes, there's great things, obviously, monetarily that come with coming, uh, becoming a top five, one through 15 pick. However, you're not going to do a lot of it. Congratulations, you're Odell Beckham. You're going to be a top 10 pick. You're going to have all the, you know, endorsements and stuff in the world, but you're going to make the playoffs once and you're going to be considered overrated in the bus because you never were able to show anything more than that. You know, and I think that's the risk you run. So hopefully he gets picked up by the right situation and he can do something with it because everybody here in the Northwest is praying for a redo from Mario.
2: Just saw an interesting tweet from Field Yates. I'd like to bring I up love next. Love Field Yates. He's a great follow. Great dude, too. Super nice. Um, are we not giving the Bengals enough credit for being good, a good situation to go into early? That's next. Sports on the fan. Fans were made for sports. This is sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The fan field. Yates good Twitter follow. He's a fantasy football guy more than anything else. Now he kind of, when he broke into the scene, he worked for ESPN Boston and then he moved to ESPN and he kind of became like a breaking news dude, but now he just works alongside Matthew Berry doing fantasy stuff. He's great. Super nice guy. Uh, Really, really fun to listen to when you listen to the podcast or watch the little videos they post on Twitter. Um. So the report came out that the Bengals are planning to franchise tag A.J. Green. They want to keep him there through this year, and they want to try to work out a longer deal as well. And Field Yates says, let us all look forward to Joe Burrow throwing to A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Auden Tate with Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard in the backfield. And I went, you know what? That is a really good situation, skill position-wise to go to if you're Joe Burrow. And I think that, there was that that report that came out, or maybe it was Burrow's dad who said, "Oh, he's, he doesn't want to go play for Cincinnati. He wants to go to a better team," you know, pull the pull the Eli Manning kind of move. But I'm sitting here going, I know the Bengals have flaws. I know their defense isn't great. Their offensive line might need some work. And it's the Bengals, right? Cincinnati's one of the most laughed at franchises in the history of football. But it's not as if Joe Burrow's going into a team that has nothing on it. And Joe Burrow said at the comment, he goes, "Look, if I get drafted there, I'm going to play. I'm here to play football. Like I'm not. He 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 basically kind of squashed the rumors of he's going to demand not to go to the Bengals. Um, but seeing that it, it kind of was an interesting wake up call to me of like, yeah, I think the Bengals actually do have a pretty good young setup there. And bringing in a guy like Joe Burrow and it's not Andy Dalton would would really kind of. I mean, look, they're not going to make the playoffs right away, but <clears throat> they really it'll help them improve as a team. And it's not going to be quite so bad as everybody makes it out." So, I don't think the Bengals situation is as bad as everyone thinks. It's not. Like, and especially because Marvin Lewis isn't their head coach
1: anymore. Like, the Bengals situation your quarterback was bad. Let's just go ahead and say that, man. Andy Dalton the Red Rocket was not. And your defense was really bad. Defense wasn't good, which it which is crazy because 6 years ago, which just sounds so long ago now when we were doing the show, one of the main topics that I think we all kind of all agreed on was the fact that the Bengals had a hell of a roster arguably the best roster in football at a point about four years ago like all the names all the guys they had all over that defense all over that filthy offense was like you could get by with Andy Dalton being your quarterback because you had AJ Green because you had so many guys to to really work with and work for so like now you look and there's still a, a, a decent amount of of talent there you still have Joe Mixon Still, you know, still an up-and-coming running back. Gio Bernard just doesn't get old, and he's still, you know, still able to be a nice little maybe third down back for you at times. You still have A.J. Green who's dealt with some some injury issues from time to time, but if you get him franchised for a year, that's just another target for somebody like Joe Burrow to have. John Ross third, you know, shows at certain points that, man, yes, I can play football too. Tyler Eifert hasn't really been able to show how good of a tight end he's he's been for.
2: And he's never healthy. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. You know, so if – maybe things change and he was a little healthier. We'll see. But then you like I said, your defense isn't awesome right now, but if you're, you're looking at the number one pick and it's going to be Joe Burrow, man, there are some, there are some toys to play with. If you come to the Bengals and especially if you're thinking AJ green's going to be around and let's say you come as, to the Bengals and let's say you have a successful first year, you win nine, 10 games, eight games. Like, does that entice AJ to stay a little bit? Like, okay, well, you know, you've been franchise tagged. Hey, now we have a quarterback that can actually do something, you know, let me see about staying here. But he strikes me as a guy that probably wants to win at some point, especially considering A.J. Green's missed some seasons and some time based on some injuries. So at this point in his career, it wouldn't shock me if he, after he was franchise tagged, looked to go play for, quote-unquote, a contender right. or something like that. But I think for a year, man, you you can definitely entice him to stay if you're good enough. If, you, if, if Burrow comes in and he's the worker that we've heard he is, and he's the leader that we've heard he is, and he's all these things that they, that Orgeron and the rest of the LSU staff has really raved about and every analyst has raved about. It. If he really is all those things and he can come in there, it wouldn't shock me if A.J. Green was like,
2: I like this kid, I'm staying. I also think second-year head coach, a lot of people looked at Zach Taylor last year and were like, man, this guy sucks, yeah. right? Because they didn't, they won what, like one game, one two game. games? Um you know, this guy sucks. He's a he's a Sean McVay guy, but he clearly doesn't have it. Well, give him a quarterback. <laughs> give him a guy that, <clears throat> like Joe Burrow, that can do things with his legs, do things with his arms. He's super, super creative. He gets out a lot of jams. Uh, I mean, the, the the play I will remember always is the very early play in the, it was like the first drive in the national championship game. And Burrow runs out to the right sideline and spins out of a tackle and lobs the ball down the field for a 40-yard completion. And you're like, oh my God. Like this guy can just—he just has it. He can just do it. Give Zach Taylor an offensive guy, that kind of quarterback, and let's see what he can do. Maybe he's not the right head coach. <clears throat> maybe Zach Taylor is the—he's just the Sean, Sean McVay puppet that will not do well in his in his first job. But give him that quarterback, and maybe he'll do well as well. It's just—it felt—it feels to me like people go, ah, it's Cincinnati. They're the bungles. They're never going to do anything. And it's like, well, look, they have—they have flaws. Obviously, they only won one game. But that's not like it's not like it's a terrible situation to go to.
1: No, it's not a, it's not a terrible situation to go to. And honestly, we, we talked there was a lot that happened that went wrong with the Bengals last year. It wasn't just offensively. Like you mentioned, the defense was awful last year. And that's not something you can just fix in a year. Like there was a lot of things, man. Marvin Lewis did a great job ruining this franchise for what, like 15, 16 years, you know, before he actually, you know, was finally dismissed. So Zach Taylor has got his – he's got his hands full right now. He's trying to turn around the franchise. And to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. And right now this was – that was a bad situation for him to be in. However, you're looking at that uh, Sean McVay kind of coaching tree and Cliff Kingsbury came in with no experience in the NFL. You know, and look at what he was able to do when he had a a quarterback that was able to function at a high level and somebody like Kyler Murray. And we still – We've yet to even scratch the surface with Kyler Murray and how good he can actually be. But more than anything, you look at Arizona now, and you go, okay, there's hope. It looks like they're moving the right way. And so if Zach Taylor can get in a guy, man, uh, like a Joe Burrow, okay. We're going the right direction because now at least we know we've got our guy here, and we can start shearing things up everywhere else. As long as you win in football, it's not like basketball. Like Portland can win as much as they want to. Free agents aren't coming to play in Portland. It's different. You know what I mean? But for football, like yeah, I'll go and play in a place that's not super comfortable for me if it means that I get to go and possibly win. We saw a guy leave the Patriots after he won a Super Bowl and uh, Chris Long, and then decide, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and go play for uh, Philly. Why not? I'm just gonna go ahead and Philly's not a place that it's not a destination for sports. Those, those fans, that weather, every no, but. <laughs> It's different in football. So, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't shock me if they had a great year and people start saying, I like what's going on over here. Let me go ahead and go play in, in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's never had a problem with getting free agents. For whatever reasons, they've never had a problem getting free agents and stuff. So, man, it's incredibly possible, but you just have to give people. Uh, we talk a lot about quarterbacks not getting the opportunity to prove themselves and prove their worth. I think coaches have that same type of – stigma to them in that little thing hanging over their head you perform now otherwise you're not good
2: yeah i think if you want to look at the worst situation to go to right now i think it would probably be the redskins now it's not because they don't have skilled position players there and they don't have talent there but that is a franchise that is currently being run by a moron and they keep making changes and they keep doing you know they keep trying to find their their quarterback and bringing ron rivera in is is a good step i think rivera is a really good coach but when daniel Snyder's your owner it's It's tough to kind of get out from under that giant wet blanket. He throws over that franchise. I was looking at the, at the draft list and it was like, you know, what, what are other really bad situations? I mean, maybe Miami, right. But that's, but they've also accrued a lot of draft capital. So they're going to be able to, to add a lot of young players coming up soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that, I mean, the Browns of course always have that stigma. So you could say them as well. And hell, even the Raiders maybe, but now that they're moving to Vegas, it's a little bit different. Beyond that, there's not a lot of bad situations in the NFL right now that feel like truly, no, truly desperate times. If you go there, no, and no, I think that's not. that's good for the sport. You know, even even if those teams win just four games this year, you know that they're moving in the right direction. All right, let's break. Coming up next, it is time for Hate It or Love It. But first, Jesse, Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. We are actually on time, so we gave ourselves a full segment to do this segment. Um, Rashad's on like a three-week winning streak. So, uh, <laughs> Yes, he's us he's go heater. for four. He's on a heater. Four in a row. We'll see what the, what topics fall. Connect
1: 4. I need all 4. Connect 4. It's a great game. <laughs> still one of those games that uh, uh, you know held the the test of time, you know, a lot of a lot of the games.
2: A lot of games hold the test really. of time. I sure. mean,
1: they do, but Connect 4 whether you're 4 or 40, man, it's still well, a pretty it's fun simple. game. It's you know? it's
2: not you don't have to think too hard. There's yeah. a little strategy involved. It's like tic-tac-toe. Yeah. There's a little strategy. You got to you got to think, but it's not like you're playing risk. Oh, <laughs> I don't play risk. Too too much time. It takes too long. I'm good. All right, Jesse, what do you have today?
0: Well, uh, uh, (laughs) I don't have any tic-tac-toe for you. Sorry, guys. But uh, we do have um, a few NFL-related questions here. I like it. And uh, I texted you guys yesterday that uh, I thought that we touched on something last week that has kind of started getting a little bit more uh momentum as far as uh spotlight in the media and that was the probably the difference between the elite player in the nfl and the everyday player in the nfl as far as the guys that make the veteran minimums the league minimums that kind of stuff and what kind of role that is playing in the negotiations right now obviously the um one of the biggest reasons that the 17th game that the nfl is thinking of adding is a realistic condition is that you know basically these guys that are making the league minimums are going to give out an extra hundred thousand dollars a season which is a big deal for these guys and then the, the 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 big time guys making so much money they they just don't care love or hate the nflpa needs a better representation of the average average player in negotiations
1: oh, oh absolutely love uh the league is made up of those guys. A lot of those average guys. You know what I'm saying? A lot of your uh, salaries aren't made up of a lot of 35 million a year type of guys. You look at a lot of these guys on these NFL rosters that are making, um, in some cases, three million, four million, five million, you know, a year. Which to us doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you're an NFL player, uh, you want those big contracts because that means usually that means a, a, a long-term place somewhere. So you're talking about being able to live there and getting your kids there and raising families and everything like that. However, I think the league is made up of, man, a lot of those guys that are making from right around four four million and under. So yes, uh, I do think they should. have have more representation at the table because most of the things they're talking about directly impact them. You know, some of these things aren't going to really directly impact as far as monetarily uh the guys that are already making top salaries in some of the leagues. So yes, these guys that that extra 100,000 is getting thrown in for them, yes, they should absolutely be at the table and be able to add some type of
2: um some type of thoughts to what's being happening, especially as it pertains to them and their money. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on the other side of this. I'm going to say hate and that's because I think there's a difference between the vocal players who come out and speak, who are the wealthy players, and who's actually representing the NFLPA. If you go and look at the list, and I and I looked this up because I, I remember reading something about this, look at the player representatives for each team. It's the everyman. There are some of the stars. Aaron Rodgers is on here, of course. Calais Campbell is on here, of course. Uh, there's, there's big names, but Craig Robertson, Matt Slater, there's Dustin Colquitt, the punter, there's... Devon Kennard, Brandon McManus, the kicker is the Broncos' player representative. I mean, they they've got players from all levels of the game representing representing teams for the NFLPA, and I think that's why you're seeing what you're seeing with this vote. Is all these big name players, JJ Watt's coming out and saying how stupid this is, and and uh, you're seeing other Odell Beckham Jr., other players like that coming out, but it's still going to the majority vote. It's still going to the 2,100 players that are involved in the NFLPA that get a chance to vote for this, and that is going to be what determines if they take the cba or not and the large majority of those 2100 players are players who are making less money than 30 million dollars a year so i think it is represented pretty well and i think we're going to see that when the vote comes down and even demarie smith said that he expects the players to accept it based on i think this kind of thought process
0: all right uh moving on and uh you know we 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 touched on uh new england today a little bit tom brady kind of probably moving on the links of mariota possibly to new england that just came out like as far as the number one franchise or um free agent quarterback prospect that's being linked to new england right now is marcus mariota Love or hate that um that new england needs to not look to mariota but should be making a play for teddy bridgewater
2: mm. oh yeah i love that for sure um <clears throat> I think it's interesting. I think the Patriots would be the best spot for Mariota to go to because it's a stable place with a great head coach and they could really kind of get some of the bad habits out of him. But if I'm looking at it from the Patriots perspective, Teddy Bridgewater came in last year when Drew Brees got hurt and proved to everybody that he might not be the same that he was when he first started in Minnesota when he was amazing and explosive before the devastating knee injury. But he is a solid starting quarterback that can either – turn into your franchise guy or will be a great bridge, a stable bridge for until you get a guy that you want as your franchise quarterback. I'm not sure Mariota is a stable bridge. I think Mariota is a high risk, high reward. Um he could come in and be just as bad as he was in his last year in Tennessee and he'd be terrible in the red zone. And he can overthrow wide open receivers. He can be loose with the football. Um but, you know, I think as as people who followed him in his career, there's still hope that maybe he'll figure it out. Uh but that is not the smart move for New England, I don't think. Um go get Teddy Bridgewater that is a perfect that is a perfect spot for him so love
1: um hey man Marcus Mariota is absolutely your guy over Teddy Bridgewater. Let's just be real, man. Bridgewater's never thrown for more than 14 touchdowns in his entire career. And that concludes two years as the starter, the absolute starter uh, in Minnesota, man. Teddy Bridgewater is a great, is a, is a really good backup option. You're right. He came in after Drew Brees and he was able to play well for uh, a couple games in between there. But once Drew Brees came back, there was never a question about should we keep Bridgewater in the game? No, it was good to go back to the bench because Drew Brees is clearly the better player. Mariota is one of those guys who just never really got a he he never really got the full uh full love in in t- uh Tennessee. He never really got uh the star receiver. He didn't really have a great running back at that point. He had running backs that we thought were good, and Derrick Henry surprised all of us this year in being the beast that he actually was. Nobody thought that was happening. Nobody saw it coming and after like the it came in like what year 4 for Derrick Henry? Year 3, year 4, something like that. Then you turn into the stud. Like where was that a few years ago when you guys were in the playoffs and Mariota had to throw Uh, throw, catch, and run in a touchdown uh, for his own team to be able to score. Mariota is a guy that's had touchdowns of 19-26, and then he's had some hurt seasons in between there where he wasn't able to do much. And then, obviously, Tannehill comes in and takes his job. I think in a system like New England, uh, with with a coach like Belichick, we could just go out there and tell him, man, we're going to dink and dunk four yards, four or five yards at a time. And it really put Mariota in a situation that he's more comfortable in. And then he still has the ability to take off and run on you. We didn't see that a whole lot because he didn't have the best protection all the way, but Mariota can get some of that time that Brady will get time, and he can take off and make, get seven, eight yards out of it. All of a sudden that Patriots team is something that we haven't seen before. So yes, man, I absolutely love Mariota over uh, Teddy Bridgewater.
0: All right. Wow. Um, that was a good round for you there, uh, Rashad.
1: Well, man, you know, it's, it's a Patriots question. <laughs> yeah, was no, like, it, was, man, it was
0: a little bit of. A let's Patriots.
1: ask a Broncos question, Alexa, Should we ask a Broncos question? Don't, I can come don't ask a off the Broncos question my head right now. Don't yeah. ask
0: it. Go
2: for it. No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Ask the questions that are relevant to now. Right now, the Patriots are well relevant. It's going to give Rashad a little bit of an advantage. That's okay. Broncos are going to. It doesn't bad. need to be a Broncos question. I don't. It's I fine. Do
0: a, I can do a Broncos
2: question. I, it's fine, Jesse. Are you
0: sure? What was your next question? Is it because you're afraid that that you know maybe? You're, you're just not in tune with the Broncos right now. I don't know. It's just ask little... your next question, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to switch away uh, from football a little bit, go to our Portland Trailblazers They okay. are on a –
2: I'm in tune with them right now. Yeah, no. Uh, we're, we're on <laughs> and a... the Broncos, I think everybody's I mean.
0: in tune with that uh, losing six of the last seven. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, it's Lillard... amazing what no Damian Lillard right. will do to you. Man, th- this team – Lillard looks like a superstar for sure when he is gone – um with that said uh love or hates portland trailblazers are not going to get Damian lillard back this season and they will end up with a top five pick
2: Uh, i'm gonna hate that as much as i would like that to be the case i hate it because Damian lillard's not going to sit out the rest of the season he is too much of a of a competitor to say (laughs) no 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 i'm going to bail on the year um, they're in a bad spot, right? They're now behind the Pelicans in the playoff races. Well, I think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. Zion is incredible, so by the good. way. He's so good. Um, I think I think you might you might miss Nurk for the rest of the year, except for maybe the last week or two, just to get him a couple of games to get him get himself comfortable back on that leg again. I think Collins is out for the rest of the year. I think Dame might miss more time than necessary because they want to make sure he's fully healthy, but he is coming back, and he will he will not allow the Blazers to hold him out the rest of the year. Um, I think there's been a small positive with this too is when CJ has to be the guy, he can be, he's scoring a lot of points. He's assisting the ball well, doing things that he doesn't normally do at the two, maybe just, maybe that's something for him in his own mind where he can say, I can, I can take over a little bit more when Lillard is in there and be a a better help for the team. That might be a small positive about this, but no, Lillard's going to come back and they'll still miss the playoffs because they're just not good enough. They're not a good enough team. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans are better, uh, but he'll come back.
1: Yeah, we'll get the top five pick
0: yeah top five man
1: players. hey because here's the cold part they're
2: not, they're not
0: <laughs> Here, going
1: to here's the cold
2: part unless they get lucky in the they're lottery.
1: bad but they're not that bad you know what i mean and that's the that's the part like whenever you're a team Classic. that's in the mix of the playoffs like you're bad but you're not it all isn't lost and that's the that's unfortunate the worst part place to be. yes it's it's, it's it's literally basketball purgatory <laughs> because you're right in that spot to where you're in arm's reach of the playoffs but you're also in that spot to where if the if the season ended today, the pick you're gonna get is right around 11, 12, 13. Quick, somebody name top three players in college basketball right now, not name uh, Sabrina,
2: anybody. Uh, James Wiseman, one. Cole Anthony, two. And Lamelo Ball and three,
1: you know what I mean. And after that, and we had to really search for those names yeah, give because me that of, point, Jesse. yeah, we had to we really had to search for those names because honestly, as give we me three about, points for that. As we talked about college basketball earlier, we can't name the stars. Peyton Pritchard is a good player, but Peyton Pritchard is not going to be drafted within the first round. You know what I mean? So the, who who are these guys that you're looking to get uh, at the end of the or the middle of the first round? So you really don't do anything for it. At this point, you're looking at a, a 10, 11, 12 pick. You just got to hope that you find the diamond in the rough like a Damian Lillard, like a C.J. McCollum, right around 11 or something like that. Or you can get stuck with the Myers Leonard again at around 11, 12. That doesn't do anything but hurt uh, you. So we'll see. But no, it sucks, man. Just be bad. It's one of those situations now. Just, you know, just suck. You, you, know, know, there's you nothing know who you I miss do. right
2: now? Myers Leonard.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know who I do miss though? Man, that Aminu. Man, we could use Aminu right now. He's not even playing. Man, I mean, he can come play here. Let's give us back Aminu. We'll give you whatever you want for the most part. You know, you can have it. No, I
2: don't want Aminu back either. I don't want to watch the dribbling adventures of Alfrico Faruk anymore man. as much as he was a good defender.
1: Because these dudes are hard to watch.
2: And now, did you see Kent Bazemore just scoring like 25 points yeah. a game for the Kings? Thanks, Bazemore.
1: You know, we appreciate <laughs> Finally hitting it. your
2: shots, jerk.
1: Appreciate it, man. He's Maybe he just needs to find a stride after like three years, four years. So... <laughs>
2: All right, Jesse. Who won?
0: All right. Well, uh, I guess next week I'll uh, try to give you a Broncos question because no, okay. Rashad got the four piece. Go for the
1: glory. Go for the score. Go for it. Connect four.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Did you just mash two things together? I or was that actually the Connect four the song? That's the Connect
1: four theme song oh, you know, okay. from, from old school. You know, We All can right. pull it up over the break. <laughs> well, when we come back, sports on the fan. You want to talk board games? Let's talk board games mm. right here on the fan. Go for it.
2: Back. Connect four, got three in a row.
0: Go for one more. Go for it. Too late, Joe. Connect four. Go for the fun of Connect four. Four in a row win. Go for the bottom and go for the
2: top. Watch for the block. Forget it, you're stuck. Go for the glory. Go for the start. Go
1: for it. I win. Connect four. I told you wow. it was an actual thing. I love that you actually remembered the lyrics. All, all I remember was the connect four. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I remember all that stuff. Like, usually uh, when those commercials came on, like, I was a the Disney afternoon. And I'll, I'll sometimes I'll just get real nostalgic and stuff like that. And I'll pull up YouTube and I'll watch, like, old intros to shows and old, you know, stuff like that. And I watched, like, the Disney afternoon uh, theme song and stuff like that or in- introduction. For those of you who don't remember Disney Afternoon, it was right around 1991-92 and the show started with shows like The Gummy Bears and from Gummy Bears to um, Duck Tales and from Ducktales to Darkwing Duck and you know it's the, the goof troop and all these shows that you kind of remember from that from that time. Gargoyles ended up coming on much later. It was like it was an awesome time, you know, for for cartoons as a kid.
2: And so the commercials that come along with watching cartoons as a kid are are epic. Have you ever? Well, you have a, you have a son, so you've probably seen them now too. Every once in a while, a movie I want to watch will be on like Nickelodeon. Yeah, it'll be like one of the Harry Potter movies, and I'm like, oh, I'll put it on. And then you watch the commercials, and you're like, oh, all oh, the memories. Yeah,
1: right? You know what I mean? Like, little stuff. And even I stuff like.
2: remember, like, like Beyblades commercials and, yeah, like, right? Tamagotchis and Hot Wheel commercials and all the tracks and stuff.
1: Crossfire. Yeah. You'll get caught up in the Crossfire. Cross like, what a cool game. I saw that. I was, you know, doing some Christmas shopping, and I was at Target, and I saw a Crossfire. It was on
2: sale for, like, $13. I was like, ooh.
1: <laughs> I should get crossfire. Like, seriously.
2: No, because you've played, I, like, two times and be like, oh, that was cool. No,
1: because here's the thing. Like, I think video games and just our need to be, you know, electronically sound and everything like that has kind of taken away from doing stuff like family night and game night and come over and everybody plays cards. Everybody, like, my, my son loves Uno. Like, that's something that he's lo- learned to, like, super game. love. And it's so long. Like, I have to let him know, like, oh, well, I got all the cards. The game is over. Like, I'm trying to find so many ways to just end. long ass uno game but it's one of those things like you know games like operation and things that actually require like some type of quote-unquote skill you know we don't really have anymore and so and stuff like this when me and you used to want to have to play video games yeah i used to have to go to your house knock on your door hey miss lynch mr lynch can can lynch come out and play or can lynch play video games today and okay yeah now it's like i'll call you bro you online? What's up, man? Let's get in this 2K real fast. Let's mm-hmm. get in this FIFA real fast. Like, we don't have to even physically be around each other anymore. So I think there's nothing that's ever going to really replace it's called, the idea of a board it, game or game is, night.
2: It is now called Couch Co-op. Yeah. Because it's so unusual that there has to be a name for it, that it's a game that you sit on the couch together and play together.
1: Seriously. Like, we don't even have to, for all the things that we used to do as kids, we don't even have to do that anymore. We don't even have to literally talk on the phone anymore. I can, right now, I can FaceTime either one of you and it's like, man, where are you at? What you doing? Who's around? Take a little, pick a uh, little swipe around to show me who's there. Like, we've gotten to the point to where we've, we've moved so far away from the actual Kind of socializing of of playing games well, so that's why i love games like connect four or uno like i'll play that for an hour man i'm a big dominoes fan Do you play dominoes
2: i uh, i play the subset of a mexican train where you put the one in the middle and you got to build your train off of it oh okay i don't know i mean i know dominoes is similar and that's one of the games in dominoes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, like so just
1: big six now you play dominoes jesse mexican train
2: yeah mexican train's great
1: i've never played mexican train before but
2: basically what happens is you each take like 12 tiles and you have to put the double in the middle. So let's say you do double twelves, then you build a train off of it. Much counting.
0: You guys yeah, can score. Or... There's
2: literally no count. Well, there's counting at the end. The,
0: the idea the is amount that of you f- don't the, want to get points. Yeah,
2: the amount of numbers uh, you have left at the end, that's your point. So the person with the least points. Doesn't points. sound aggressive enough. Have you ever played dominoes before, there's a lot of table slapping. Oh no, and it's, stuff it's like that. It's it gets aggressive. angry. Yeah, because no. you can block other people's mm-hmm. trains and like it's all
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's, it's a combination of uh trying to uh screw over the guy next to you um and then at the same time the strategy of building the train right off the bat that I know gets, that, that
2: gets the most points out of your hand yeah, as fast as Because you want
0: to sometimes you go like, oh man, I only got like two or three dominoes I can't do anything with, and there's one random train, the Mexican train, that everybody gets to play off of, and you're just like, Man, I just need to get rid of these two or three dominoes on the Mexican train, or if you can't play on your own train then that opens up and you can everybody yep. gets to play on it so there's there's cool little ways to try to get rid of dominoes that you can't use
2: and you can do double moves so if you have like the double five and you have another five under it you can put them both down at the same time so you can you can start stacking doubles and you're like you you remove six or eight dominoes in three or four turns and everyone's like looking at you like I've still got 10 and you're like I've got four
0: Right. Sucks and, to be you. And you're trying, to, you're trying to get rid of your dominoes. You have too many dominoes. You get too many points, right? Then if you can't make a move, you
2: have to pick one
1: up. It, it sounds is- like a lot of, uh, I just like putting dominoes down and, <laughs> and counting by fives. And then as you get, as the more and more you drink, the drunker you get, the harder it is to count by fives and you start missing your points and stuff like that. And first person at three houses wins. <laughs> that sounds like way more fun. Maybe I'll teach you guys how to play some, some bones.
2: And then we'll teach you how to play Mexican Train. I'm, I'm all for it. It's a fun game. I'm hey, all mate. for it. Um, yeah, it's funny. We, uh, I went over to some friend's house and we played the, a card game called Exploding Kittens. Have you ever played that one? Never I've played that one. It's a newer, it's a newer one. And, um, they have, I guess, you know, they're, they had just moved over here and they do game nights. So I'm going to start doing that with them more frequently. And it's not like, I mean, we played some Mario Kart too, but like they, they play like actual board games, which sounds kind of fun. Um, yeah, Exploding Kittens is just like every, if you pick up an exploding cat, you lose unless you have a diffuse card, which everyone starts with. And then. It's all about like blocking other people's moves, and you're just the entire time is trying to screw the other person into picking up an exploding cat. It's just fun. It's a fun, simple game. It's not super difficult. It's just fun, and it gets contentious. And you can kind of like try to try to like put the cards in the deck in a way that kind of screws another person over. It's fun. Yeah. That's the best part about games: is
1: trying to screw your opponent over. Now, on Uno <laughs> cards, there's like your, your make your own Uno card in there, so you can write on something random. Like man, what? yeah, seriously. So you can write on it like something like. Man, trade cards with the person or uh, with whoever has the the least amount of cards. You know, like there's a there's a, you can make your whole little thing slap the person uh, to the to your left. Like you can literally put that on <laughs> one of the cards. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Well, when you when you have like you know these old school games have to try to do some stuff to try to keep up with these newer games. When you think about like uh, like um, uh, was it. Uh, Bears versus babies. I don't know if you've ever played that one. Uh, I don't think so. You're basically building these monster bears that you have to fight baby armies. Um, (laughs) Sounds okay. Sounds weird, but yes, continue. It's another one where it's just like, like, it's uh, just a story for the game. Yeah. Adults get together, they get a little drinking, don't have to think too hard. It's all about, you know, fun, laughter, trying to screw over the person next to you. And sometimes that doesn't work out and you screw yourself over. So it's, it has been uh, there. It's yeah, no, no. These, I love where these these games are going now for, for adults. I, they're they're really fun.
2: I will say though, even though this is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, playing Monopoly on like a console on the Xbox is so much better because really? the, because the game does all the counting for you.
1: You can't steal money from the from the game. No, though. you
2: cannot steal. Well, Rashad, you're not supposed to Listen, steal money in Monopoly. If I you know don't
1: steal you- money when you're playing in the Monopoly, then you're not playing right
2: it is it is the most fun i've had playing monopoly because i don't have to worry about anything but my own properties and like doing doing trades and stuff because it's like oh you want to buy this okay the money's gone it's into the bank it's, it's like stealing okay, money is so so much of an important part of monopoly though bro just saying if you want to follow the rules what rules if you want to well <laughs> there is a rule booklet in there unless you threw it away no one reads the rule booklet from monopoly. <laughs>
0: yeah because nobody plays monopoly
2: correctly so. yeah, go. exactly stealing money bro. exactly thank you jesse Play the game correctly. Come on. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11 a.m. Once again, Sports Sunday. We will be talking. I mean, we spent almost the whole show on football today, but it uh, gives us more time to breathe outside of football when things come up like board games and naked and afraid. So that'll be coming up again once again next week, 9 to 11, Let's Shop Tires podcast, where you can find us online after the show. If you missed any of it and want to listen back. And then social media stations at Tending the Fan. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at Tillermaid 503 Jesse's at Jesse Osman. A-S-Z-M-A-N. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good rest of your weekend.